Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. Today I am joined by a lovely guest, Josephine Brooks. And before we get into what we're going to be talking about, we're just going to explain that this episode or the next two episodes are going to be a little bit different to usual. So What we've decided to do, I thought Josephine's story was so interesting and I know she's been through a lot in her business journey that this episode that you're going to listen to now is going to be basically Josephine sharing her experiences, all the emotions, all the things, much more story time. And then in part two, we're going to dive into some action steps and tips and all the advice around evergreen marketing and building an evergreen marketing strategy. So that's going to be like notebooks out, wanting to take notes, all the action points. But this one is just like, sit back, have a cup of tea. We're just going to chat about what Josephine's experience has been in business. So without further ado, Josephine, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about what you do now, and then we'll dive into your whole journey. Sure. Well, yeah. Hi, I'm Josephine Brooks and I help people build what I call a freedom friendly business, which I'm sure we will talk more about later on and what the freedom friendly bit is all about. But I'm all about helping people build a business that helps them actually live the lifestyle that they set up this business for. Because I speak to so many people and I've been there myself where you set up a business because you want more freedom, more flexibility, you want to do what you love. And then you end up working so hard and hustling to the point where you don't have time to live that life style and I do that by helping people build a freedom-friendly business which is all about powering up your evergreen marketing and implementing email systems that help you to you know market your business in a way that's sustainable that's fulfilling but also allows for that freedom-friendly lifestyle that you want to live so I'm all about rejecting the hustle which I think is so prevalent even when I think you know people are saying you know I'm really not about the hustle but do this you know, super hustly launch or use this Instagram strategy and like, hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm all about rejecting that kind of messaging and really embracing the long game, the sustainable game, which sure, it's probably not a quick win, but it is that long-term marketing strategy that helps you build that sustainable business. So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, I love that. And obviously, that is why I've asked you to join me on the podcast as well, because that's very much where I want to be working at in business, all about the content marketing, absolutely love email marketing. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to align perfectly, which is why I'm excited to, to in the yeah. next episode, get into how people can actually start to do that, start to step away, step away from Instagram and 
Um, I mean, you can be on Instagram if you want, but if you don't want to have all that stress all the time, how we can start to extricate ourselves from that. So on that, let's start with, I guess, the changes that you've made in business because you've always sort of been about marketing and all that sort of stuff, but Mm. you've made this step recently to really hone in on that evergreen marketing, really step away from the hustling and everything. Um, What really drove that shift for you from cycles of launching into evergreen marketing? Yeah, so like the short story is I burned out, but (laughs) to (laughs) tell you how I actually got there, um, about the end of 2021, I had just finished off one of my masterminds. I just finished off running a live course and I went into my Christmas break and I took December off and I was like, oh my goodness, I've got all this time. Can't wait to recharge my batteries. And I got to the end of December and I was like, I still, I'm not that excited to get it's back the worst. to doing <laughs> like, things. Oh, I don't want yeah. to stop this holiday. Like, it, yeah. yeah, you just don't feel ready for it. Um, and yeah. before you go on, can I just ask how long had you been in business at that point or running sure. running your own business at that point? Yeah, so I started my business in 2018 um, as a side hustle. And then I left my nine to five project management job in April or March 2019. So since 2019, I've been doing um, mentoring courses, masterminds. That's kind of been my, yeah, my bread and butter, my signature things. So yeah, I've been doing that for what a couple of years three years but like really solidly a couple of years with the launching and everything and um yeah and so what that looked like was running maybe a couple of masterminds a year running a couple of courses a year and doing ongoing kind of one-to-one mentoring but those launches and those masterminds required some quite big punchy sorry, those launches, those courses and those launches required some quite big punchy launches to kind of dial up the the volume on what I was talking about to sell them basically. But I just found that really exhausting. And I would get into this place of launching. And then of course, I'd be running the mastermind or running the course. And I just would not have any energy or headspace left to kind of continue with my marketing. And so what had happened was I got into what I call the launch cycle, where you launch, then you're so exhausted, you can't really continue marketing particularly effectively. So your audience doesn't grow, then you launch again, So you're launching to the same pool of people, but half of them are already decided, I don't want that thing. You know, some of them have already bought that thing, so they're not going to buy it again. So effectively, you are launching to a smaller and smaller audience group. So it's a really kind of dangerous spiral to get into, basically, because it's a trap, basically, because it's just exhausting. There's you know, unless you have a team around you, it's very difficult to kind of launch, high energy launch, deliver that thing and continue to market yourself. So that's what kind of led to the exhaustion, although at this point I didn't realise it was burnout. And then I had December off and then I got to January and I got COVID. And I was just gearing up for my launch. I had a like a webinar planned, all of that kind of stuff. And I just thought, I just cannot, I cannot do this. And everything that I tried to do, like writing an email, posting on Instagram, I just could not push myself to do it. And I was feeling quite down and depressed. And I was on a walk with a friend and I was like, I just feel really rubbish. I feel really low. I just have no motivation. She was like, 
are you sure you're not just burned out? And I was like, oh my God, why has this not occurred to me? Ding. Yeah, that's exactly what has happened here. Um, and so when I kind of, that clicked, I kind of made this um, decision that like something's got to change because it, it was such a weird thing. But I just, after years of really enjoying launching and creating social media content, all of that kind of stuff, I just didn't want to do it. I could not force myself to do it. So um, I just kind of racked my brains. I was like, yeah, it would be lovely to take like a three-month break, but I can't really do that. Um, So I thought, okay, what can I do? And I was just kind of looking at all of the different options, and I can't remember how this came to me, but I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll put together like an online business manager offer. I will email it out to... Um, people I know pretty well from being in masterminds, you know, other business owners and see if they want some support in their business. And yeah, I was feeling pretty, pretty low and pretty rubbish about things at that point. And until I had that idea and I was like, oh yeah, that's actually exciting. So I literally built a website in a weekend, emailed it out to everyone on the Monday. And by the Tuesday, I was almost like booked out. Like my time was just eaten up. Um, so yeah that's kind of what I did for the last year is supporting people in their businesses like getting in behind the scenes and helping them out in their businesses but what I learned really quickly was that everyone was coming to me saying I'm burned out I'm on the launch cycle effectively I don't want to rely on social media for my marketing I just don't have time to um, figure out how to build a sales funnel or figure out how to SEO my website or whatever it is so ironically I ended up helping people get away from the launch cycle and avoid the burnout that I had experienced myself. So it was a very weird, like, full circle thing. And now I help people specifically. But I go in and build sales funnels for people and I help people implement an evergreen marketing strategy. So, yeah, that's kind of the journey to where I am today. (laughs) Wonderful. And, you know, I know you touched on it just before, but, like, can you take us a bit more in depth? Like, what did that launch cycle really feel like mm. for you? Like, from the time you sit down and start thinking, okay, I need to launch something. Like, what is the roller coaster of emotions you were feeling then? Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't that I, like, hated launching and I was like, oh, I've got to do another launch. Until that very, very last launch that never happened. I really loved launching. I really loved the kind of, like, buzz around it. So... I'm a big planner, so I love planning launches. I mean, I still feel like I could plan a launch. (laughs) Whether I could do one is a different story. But I loved planning it. I love all the content ideas. I love, you know, getting it all into a calendar, all of that kind of stuff. I even love creating the content. It's when you start putting yourself out there that the roller coaster really begins because you send that first email or you do that first post and you're like, ooh, oh, I don't know if I got the traction. And then the next minute you get a couple of inquiries and you're like, yay, I love launching. And then the next day it's crickets and you're like, oh my goodness, this I'm is going to be worst. a flop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's such a roller coaster of emotions. And I think that's why it's so exhausting. It's not just the fact that it's three or four times the work that you're usually doing it's also just the emotional exhaustion of it it's mentally Um, a lot yeah it's just yeah and honestly like I and this is just this is just my experience but I don't think I've ever really had a launch that's actually been anywhere near 
what I wanted and I didn't want anything crazy, but mm. I'm talking like one sale, maybe two sales, yeah, mostly zero sales. So really I've never seen any sort of crazy benefit for all that work yeah. and sort of, yeah, emotional turmoil that you put yourself through <laughs> really. And it doesn't feel yeah. like me either. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I have had launches where I was like, oh my goodness, absolutely nailed that that felt so good that felt great but I think the reality is that for me anyway I can probably only do a launch like that every year or every other year like it's not something you can replicate every quarter like but I think that's why it's dangerous it's like a drug it's like oh my god but that was such a good launch like why can't I do that again why can't I replicate that and I think when I did that like I'm really thinking of one launch that I did really well and just felt so good like it just but even that didn't completely sell out and hit the number that I wanted to hit but it my mindset was just in the best place it just like you know the stars aligned it was one of those things where like I felt really confident all of those kind of things and it and it it kind of clicked but almost that's quite dangerous as well because then you go into the next launch and you're like oh it's going to be just as good and it's not partly because of the launch cycle I'm launching to the same people and well less people in fact and my mindset's not in the same place and now I feel a bit differently about the thing I'm selling and so that's not going to work as well so yeah I know what you mean I think for the majority of my launches I don't know I think they served me they served my business but in the long run they didn't serve me and my business because I ended up burning out (laughs) yeah and like obviously you can't speak for every business owner that you've talked to but what was sort of the general feeling amongst the business owners that you've helped sort of move from that into a more evergreen strategy what what was sort of some of the stuff that they were saying to you about how they felt about their launches it's exactly the same and also it doesn't matter what level people are at obviously as you grow if you build a team in theory it becomes easier but I think if you're launching someone if you have a something if you have a personal brand you as the person behind the brand still have to show up Mm. get on the video you know do all the things and I guess that even if you are I mean if you're starting out you might think that oh wow if I launch really well I build this huge platform Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna you know be earning all this money it's gonna be amazing I guess then the flip side is that the pressure is higher on you especially if you've got a team to pay as well to make that Mm. launch hit a certain figure like the pressure is there in a way that it wasn't and I Mm. my friend Caitlin and I the the bookish podcast that we host better words we often talk about this with authors who are writing their second book and you know a lot of Mm -hmm. the advice around second books is (laughs) write it before the first one's out so that you Mm. can get it out your second novel without any of the expectations of the first one I think it's sort of similar is like when you aren't making any money from launches which hands up me you look at that and think, oh my God, that must be so easy. What have you got to worry about? But actually you've got a whole heap of other pressures, especially as I said, if you are then paying a team and you have money going out that you need to pay as well. So it is, yeah, I just, the more that I talk about it, the more I dislike it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that vibe. Yeah, but um, like, I mean, if people are listening to this as well and are like, but I love, like, go for it absolutely but I yeah. think again it's just been like a gradual shift as well and a yeah I don't know whether you found this as well a um sort of when you start in the online business world um and you are just sort of learning 
as you go mm-hmm. and you're sort of looking to what others are doing as an example it did feel for a time there especially during lockdowns and stuff like that's what everyone was doing that's what and it does it already mm. feels it felt towards the end of last year and it feels now that more and more people like yourself are coming out and saying actually there's other ways that we can do this outside instagram outside reels outside tiktok um and so therefore there's more people i think it's so this is why i wanted you to share your story as well is because i think the more that we sort of share different options Mm. business owners can see actually you know i could take a little bit of this strategy take a little bit of that strategy sort of mix and match to do what I like and what feels energetically good for me because yeah we Mm. all have different energy levels and like that's been my experience this year has been plummeting energy levels no Mm. like the thought of getting on video the thought of doing anything it just feels too hard and that's as you said when you're burnt out it just it can be like the simplest thing on paper and you just cannot muster the energy for it um and it so I've had to sort of look at yeah things like email and and how can I do this in a way that I still want to do it and I don't just want to put mm. it off. So, yeah, I think I think for a while it, it, it all, I mean, maybe it was just my feed, but it all felt very much like everyone was doing the same thing and now there seems no, to be a bit yeah. more diversity of strategy. Yeah, honestly, I could, I'm sure we'll get on to talking about social media. I have lots to say about that. But, um, but yeah, just super quickly going back to launching, um, I'm just really conscious of not being like oh I hate launching because like it's kind of where I am still right now because I still think I have a bit of burnout around it but I think there is still a place for launching it just can't be the everything it can't be the the main income channel I think I mean I have a friend in business feast and famine like yes really big ups and downs if you have yeah as you say if you were able to plan one or two launches yeah. a year if it's part of but the then mix. you have your evergreen strategy which we're going to talk about yeah. a little bit later in the in part two if you had that sort of underlying as your foundation it's yeah. a little bit of a yeah. safety net I guess from those yeah. relying totally on those launches yeah yeah and I, I I think you know from everyone I've spoken to about just marketing in general whether they are clients I've worked with on sales funnel builds or just I've recently done a few marketing research calls with people at all sorts of different levels and everyone says the same thing they're exhausting it's an emotional roller coaster I mean I didn't even hear too much about you know people hating that feast and famine thing which is what the thing that we always hear about like oh launching's rubbish because of the feast and famine thing no it's rubbish because it's exhausting (laughs) and it's it's they're difficult because they are such an emotional roller coaster and I think that's no matter where people are ultimately launches are going to be exhausting so yeah exactly like you say if that's not in your personality type or you know I speak to a lot of people with chronic illness and things it's just not an option so we've got to find another way Hello, I am briefly popping in, interrupting myself to share a little bit about my new service, the Copy Edit. This is a detailed audit of your website words combined with thoughtful suggested copy rewrites in your brand voice. 
so you can feel really confident that your website is the home of your business with copywriting that nurtures your dream people. It's perfect for you if you've written your own copy or if you've pivoted your business over a few years and want to make sure that the messaging is really cohesive, speaking to the right people. I look through your main website pages and your sales pages and product descriptions and give really thoughtful feedback on what's working and where things can be improved. And then, this is my favorite thing, I will rewrite sections of your website. Now, these are of course just suggestions, so you can use it as a starting point for the things that you wanna change on the website. But my aim with this, as one of my lovely clients literally said she did, is that you can copy and paste these updates to your website. So my client said that the voice and the wording of the rewrites felt so spot on that she just was able to put them straight on the website and update it without any stress. I want to help you create a website that's nurturing your audience and helping you sell. The process for a copy edit is simple. You book, you fill out the questionnaire and within a week I'll send you a detailed report with all my recommendations and then we'll meet virtually for a debrief call where you can quiz me about all the aspects of the report, ask any other questions or get my feedback on any updates you've made. So if you head to the episode notes, you'll find a link to book your own copy edit and I'll include a link to a blog post where I share extracts from a real life edit so you can get a feel for what's involved and what to expect. Now back to the episode. Yeah, and it is it is more like boring and it is probably the safer option and it is probably the slower option too. Mm. But that's okay. Like it's okay to yeah. pick that even though it's not as it's not as glamorous and um mm. when you think too of why people might not want to leave the safety of uh say a 9 to 5 job. Yeah. It's that like consistency of income and you're never going to be able to guarantee mm-hmm. that in your business. But I guess some people might look at that as well and think, oh, my God, the idea of constantly having to sell is super scary. Whereas if you get into a nice routine with that evergreen marketing, you can sort of like, for example, before our call today, speaking of a freedom friendly business, I had a moment today where I was like, I've just had a really sort of meh day and I just couldn't Mm -hmm. focus and I had a terrible sleep. So I was like, I've just got a couple of things to do. I knew we were having this chat. It's evening time over here. So I had a really slow day, but, you know, I put a blog post up and I was like, cool. I know that that's ticking off something that's actually going to do something um, rather than stressing to post on Instagram. You're like, actually, this is going to be really, it is going to take a step forward in my business by posting this. And it feels like I've achieved something that Mm -hmm. genuinely will make a difference in the future. And that was an interview with someone. So I can you know, once that goes live, I can send them a link and that helps a little bit with their link building and SEO as well, which is a whole other thing. But, you know, it just was like, okay, what can I do today? There's like a few little things that I could do. And having those things in place means that Mm. you can, as you say, take time off. Or if you have a chronic illness, you can deal with the roller coaster of that or whatever. It's like a little bit more consistent than the, yeah, Mm -hmm. the cycle as you say like cycle is such a way to, to put it of like into a launch out of a launch into a launch out of a launch like yeah. just constantly riding those big waves just like steadies it out a little bit yeah definitely definitely <laughs> um so if we go back to your story as well like when you were really burnt out and as you say still sort of coming out of that as well how did you start to 
make those steps to rebuild once you'd start got the sort of I guess financial uh, mm. allowance there to, to yeah. take that time off from your Josephine Brooks sort of brand yeah. and, and business and figure out what you wanted to do with that how did you start mm. to sort of then work back into that and, and make that transition to evergreen marketing and switch up your services and stuff sure I think ultimately it's been quite uh kind of trial and error and messy <laughs> so um so yeah like I said I I initially I was like well you know the OBM service the service side of thing I've never done like a service before um I was like well that needs to be a separate business it feels like a totally separate thing so I set up like a separate um business essentially and started uh just took on clients and things like that and then eventually after a few months of that I kind of felt like well I can't remember when this happened but and I can't even remember why <laughs> but I was like actually this could just be this could just be part of Josephine Brooks and you know it's just like another arm of it so I kind of brought it it in and I think it was just messy it was like some clients were on you know well I did it with my like married name so some clients were on my my other name some clients were on Josephine Brooks and it was all a bit like a bit messy because some people were emailing josephinebrooks.co.uk you know and it was a little bit it was just messy I think that is you know evolving is messy um but to be honest it just became less OBM support, online business management support, and just became building sales funnels for people, implementing evergreen strategy. And it was so funny that that's just what everyone needed, bar a couple of clients that needed like a tech setup and that was like a short project. Everyone else I worked with was telling me the same things. I'm exhausted. I want to stop relying on launching. I want to stop relying on social media. What do I need to do? How do I build a sales funnel? How do I implement, you know, I think the other thing is that we hear a lot of messaging online that like, oh, you need to build a sales funnel. And the missing really important part of that message is sales funnel isn't going to do anything for you unless you have traffic. And I yeah. think <laughs> that is so it's just completely missed off the message. Which is so, why when we talk about funnels in part two, we're talking about marketing funnels, not sales funnels. Yeah. Because you need to get yeah. the marketing yeah. sorted before you can yes. move to the sales funnel. <laughs> totally. So people would tell me like, oh, I need a sales funnel. And, you know, build the sales funnel. Cool. It's always good to have it in place. But then, you know, I'd be like, look, sales funnel isn't going to do anything for you until you've got a lot not even a little trickle like a lot of traffic coming in and you're building your mailing list so it just kind of naturally evolved into building sales funnels implementing evergreen strategy and that's kind of become the service side of my my business so yeah that's kind of how it evolved but it's been I pretty love messy how that along evolved, the way like, naturally though like clearly yeah it it was sort of like meant to be in a little bit because obviously yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, the, like the people were coming to you knowing that that's what you specialize. It sort of helps you yeah. realize what you can specialize mm. in when that's what they are seeing yeah. you as. Because, I mean, that's also like 
when you talk about like messaging and stuff like that and like finding out what your audience want from you and stuff it's yeah. it's sometimes hard to ask those questions um yeah. and and get the right answers but if they're literally coming to you and asking you all those questions and you can be like oh actually there's a common theme here like yeah. that's a great way to do it and like like if you had tried yeah. to set out and do that it just would not have worked that well I'm sure <laughs> like it yeah. wouldn't have yeah. worked so perfectly it's sort of fallen into place a little bit yeah exactly it's that kind of I always say you figure out what you want to do by a process of elimination. You have to do the thing and then figure out, don't like that, do like this. And I did do a bit of that. I worked with a client who had a team and I was kind of trying to, I was managing their team and checking in with them. Oh my God, I hated it. And I like, you know, pretty quickly said to her, this is not for me. This is not, you know, this is not good for me. It's not good for you. It's just not like my zone of genius managing people. Um, I like to like squirrel away, um, you know, write things build things you know without having to kind of manage people and things like that um but yeah like like you say I was getting that messaging from people that you know I want a sales funnel but actually you need to feed the sales funnel and so I think that's kind of how it came back into Josephine Brooks because I for some reason in my mind when I started doing this I was like well the people that are further on in business which were the people I was now working with because they had budgets to kind of pay me to come and help them every month I was like well surely they get you know surely they get their marketing surely they get SEO surely they get evergreen marketing like you know how did they get to this level like and then I very quickly realized oh no they they don't understand how SEO works they don't understand even necessarily how evergreen marketing works they've got here through building big audiences on social media hustling on social media having big launches ads And so I kind of realized, actually, yes, there's some people who are later on in business who can pay me to come in and just get it all done for them. But also there's people earlier on that are kind of like, what the heck is this marketing thing? I just feel like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. Nothing's really sticking. Who, you know, I can help through courses or mentoring or things like that. So it's all kind of, yeah, come full circle back into the josephine brooks business which is better because it's kind of neater and easier (laughs) yeah um i do remember listening to um your old podcast before you've sort of Mm. updated it for the new business um and you talking about your obm work and saying that actually you were super surprised by how messy a lot of like you look at people and think oh they have their stuff together because they've got big launches or big audiences and then you get to peek behind the scenes when you work with them and you're like oh actually they're really messy behind the scenes and I just think that's so funny because we all look at other people and think they've got their shit together and yeah a lot of the time they don't like sometimes they do but a lot of the time Mm -hmm. they don't (laughs) yeah it's so true it was such an eye-opening experience actually for me I think I had that thought that you know they're later on in business they've got their shit together they know what they're doing they're super organized they get how all of this stuff works and you go and you're like no this this is a mess and actually some people thrive in that chaos and that's just that's you know good for them and that that works for them but um it was kind of reassuring to be honest be like okay oh my god this is actually quite reassuring that you you are still running around like a headless chicken you are still you know stressing about your launches you are you know the back end of your website is a total mess like okay cool okay you haven't got it all together (laughs) (laughs) that is slightly reassuring yes Mm. um so do you mind sort of talking us through how marketing looks for you now and what I guess getting clients looks like for you now 
Mm. It's so interesting because I think my marketing has completely changed since I, I hit that burnout. I do miss seeing you on Instagram, but then I'm not on Instagram that oh. much. So. <laughs> I, Instagram, I still, like this is over a year later from when I initially burned out, I still really struggle to create content for social media. And I just think if you're struggling to create content, if you're like forcing yourself to be there, it's just not, if, if your marketing is difficult, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so how does it look now? Well, I am in the process of really strengthening my own evergreen marketing. Something that I did do over the course of last year was move over from Squarespace 7.1 to 7. Point, or no, 7.0 to 7.1. I did that which... when I um, switched, when I rebranded and oh, it, okay. was, it was great but yeah it's um it's quite difficult to move like your blog posts and all that sort of stuff yeah. so but it's a good way to I mean I cleared out a lot of content that was no longer relevant yeah. as I'm sure you found yeah. too yeah yeah, yeah. Way to go over that. yeah it's a bit soul destroying isn't it because you're like oh I wrote that blog post and it's totally irrelevant to anything anymore. and it's like it's ranking um, it's getting traffic but it's completely yeah, yeah. irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely so I moved my website over. I probably didn't do it in the best possible way because I was, you know, juggling the OBM stuff or, you know, the service stuff with moving my website and blah, blah, blah. So basically my SEO has taken a massive hit because I took all the blog posts off the old one and I still haven't put them all back on the new one because I want to go through each one and I'm probably being a little bit of perfectionist about it, which isn't good. (laughs) So... I am working very much on my own evergreen marketing as well. So what my marketing looks like is I always like to think of it and I encourage other people to think of it as how are people discovering you? Where are you nurturing your audience and where are you inviting them to buy from you? And then there is that final step of, you know, how are you retaining clients? But like the top three are the kind of most important like at this point to talk about. So in terms of where people are discovering me, um, now that is, you know, slowly but surely through the blog and also through YouTube, I have a new love for YouTube actually. And I really enjoy editing video. Um, but yeah, SEO, I think because I'm like a bit of a nerdy introvert, I actually love SEO and I love like digging into the keyword research and looking on Google Analytics and in the search console and seeing, oh, that's got a few more visits this month or, oh, that keyword's starting to get impressions or whatever. So that kind of really works for me. And then in terms of how I'm nurturing my audience, growing that know, like a trust factor, it's kind of the same things. It's the blog, the blog and the YouTube videos. Like I'm doing a mixture of educational videos and kind of more personal lifestyle-y, vloggy videos. Um the podcast is in there but I'll come back to that and then in terms of where I'm inviting people to to buy from me or work from me it's email but also the big one that I think um we often forget about or undervalue is what I did when I burned out and I launched my new business is to talk to people like send your service to them (laughs) like I suppose you would call that pitching but that kind of has a bit of a you know, I can totally understand why no one wants to pitch in the same way that no one wants to network, but really you're just talking to people. And um, that has been, you know, where I haven't used social media last year in my business at all, that's been um, where the majority of my clients have come from is just talking to people. 
Um, some very random like referrals and Twitter came through as well, um, <laughs> which I'm not even on. Um, That's so strange. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, so, and I and I had my best year financially. Obviously, I I did shift my business what I was doing, but it was just really interesting to me that like I don't need social media <laughs> for this mm. kind of for what I'm selling at the moment anyway. So. Yeah, I'm trying to, rather than do all of the things, just focus on a few things and do them really well, which is why the blogging and the YouTube really works because it kills two birds with one stone. It has that SEO element where people can find it and discover me through Google search, YouTube. I usually stick my blog post up on Pinterest. So that's kind of like where people discover me. But then also they kind of become the nurture channels as well because then people click over to the blog or they watch the video and they kind of growing that know, like, and trust factor there. And from those places, from those places, I invite them to join my mailing list where, you know, I continue to send emails and things like that and invite people to buy from me. And I guess the other thing that I really want to get back into, which actually I guess I'm doing right now, is outreach and, you know, speaking on other people's podcasts and collaborating with people and things like that as another discovery channel. So, that's what it looks like at the moment. I'm definitely working on strengthening it. It's not there yet because I think because I've been so burned out, it's been very messy in terms of like, oh, I'm going to get back on it with my podcast. I'm going to get back on being really consistent with my emails and then very quickly got very busy with client work and it didn't really happen. Yeah, But been there, done this that. year, <laughs> I'm making the commitment that it is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's I, yeah. what it looks like at the moment. Yeah, no, I... I very much the same like it was like yeah I'm gonna put all my old relevant blog posts up and I did not do that until I finally decided to outsource my Pinterest marketing and Mm. knowing that I'm paying someone to do that and it's gonna work better if I give them fresh content is is that's really good accountability yeah it is so so clever yeah so it's great (laughs) I mean I didn't expect it to work that well but like yeah Mm. I was like okay yeah this does give me accountability and I have yeah. My problem last year was I, I had put out these new podcast episodes, but uh, because I'd recorded them all in advance and then we went on holidays, I didn't turn them into blog posts. I just didn't. Yeah. And I was okay with that because also, yeah. you know, I was burnt out. I was working full time in journalism. I've only just, so mm. I didn't have capacity anyway. So I was like, I'm just going to put these out, slowly get back into the discovery sort of thing. Yeah. You know, podcast is another one with its own SEO. So you can be found that yeah, way. Yeah, and yeah. that's great. But now I'm like, well, I've got all this content. I've got like, you know, 10, 12 blog posts there sitting there. Mm. Um, and, you know, so over the next few weeks, I'll, I'll, you know, finally update them and stuff. And I know that that's going to then give my Pinterest manager something to pin and that, it, yeah, yeah, it gets the discovery happening and stuff. So um, it's made, it has made me excited too to finally uh, get back into blogging that way as mm. well. Um, but again, yeah, like it's just, it's, it is a juggling act. So if you don't mind me going back to like the burnout and stuff, I mean, I guess we've yeah. all we've all talked about, about burnout a lot in different aspects of our lives. But when it came to being in that launch cycle and your marketing, mm-hmm. were there some things that looking back you think, oh, that was a bit of a sign that, you know, that maybe people listening can can start to look for in their own work right, as maybe yeah. a, a bit of a sign that things aren't really healthy in their yeah. business and their marketing cycle? Definitely. I think ultimately, like if your launches aren't working as well as they used to, 
that's kind of like the most obvious sign. If you're launching and every time it gets harder and harder to make it work, that's that's kind of like, yeah, definitely the alarm bells are ringing. And I guess the other, well, before that, the other thing to look out for is if you are launching and after that launch, you have that kind of, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm going to take a few weeks off and then you never quite get back into your kind of ongoing marketing routine. That should also be sounding the alarm bells because I think that's, you know, when you are getting into that launch cycle of you're launching, then you're running out of energy, you don't continue with your ongoing marketing. So the next time you're launching to effectively a smaller audience, you're not building your audience. And actually going back to what we were talking about before, I think the discovery part of people's marketing is the big thing that a lot of people are missing or not doing enough of, or they think, oh, well, social media does that job. And unless you're doing a ton of reels and they're getting traction, I personally don't think it is a discovery channel. I don't see social media as a discovery channel. So if your audience isn't growing, if you're not doing that discovery bit, that should be like the warning sign, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really helpful. So we are going to leave part one here. And we'll be back in the next episode for part two. We can't wait for you to join us then. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at word by word storytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.